podcast, What Occupies Your Time. Join Integrative OT to learn about what occupational therapy is, how it can help in just about any area of your life, and why it only takes a few tweaks to your habits, routines, and roles for you to become empowered. How you live your life is important. Let's discover healthy ways of being and doing together. Let's live a meaningful life on purpose. Hey guys, welcome to season two. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited that I get to do a season two with you guys. So this is going to be episode one for season two, and we are talking about all things occupational science. Um, If I sound a little bit stuffy, it's because I am, which is why I did not get the episode released last week. I wanted this to kind of be the really to create little bookends for season one with the first episode being about what is OT and kind of the last episode being about what is OT from the lens of occupational science, which is a science that kind of helps define and um, discriminate with specific terminology and stuff, what it is occupational therapists do and why and how that's evidence-based in the research. But I did not get it out because it was Christmas and New Year's and I came down with a pretty rough cold. So I'm putting it out as the season two, episode one, um, because I think that's a cool way to start it as well. Like I started season one with what is OT and I'll start season two with it. So I hope all of y'all listening had a really good, happy holiday time and didn't stay too sick. (laughs) I know that if you've got kids, it's hard to stay well during the school time. But um, okay, so let's dive into what is occupational science. So defined by the American OT Association, occupational science is the scientific discipline that is designed as the systematic study of the human as an occupational being. So I've mentioned this before with we are are called occupational, or I'm sorry, we're called human beings, but really if you look at it through an OT or, or OS, occupational science lens, we're really human doers or doings instead of beings because we rarely are just, we just are, you know, we're usually doing. So um, occupational science is the form, function, meaning, and then the sociocultural and historical context of occupation. Um, Occupational science emphasizes the ability of humans, I'm reading again from this AOTA, um, research article. Occupational science emphasizes the ability of humans throughout the lifespan to actively pursue and orchestrate occupations. I really loved that definition. I thought that was really neat. It was from way back in 1991. Um, Occupational science is a relatively newer science. I probably should get you the exact date that it kind of came into the literature, but it's not something as old as you know, anthropology and psychology, but it is um, really, really vital to the OT world. So another cool uh, definition I came across from the UK was occupational science is the study of humans as occupational beings. People have an innate desire to occupy themselves and occupations that are sustained over a period of time hold meaning to individuals, which are personal and idiosyncratic. 
So that was a neat um, definition as well. I, I liked that one. There are specific terms that have developed from from this science, um, such as occupational balance, which I know I've mentioned in a previous podcast, occupational justice or injustice, um, which I spoke with Ebony. She is a black PTA about in an earlier episode from season one. Occupational deprivation, which I know I touched on in the episode about trauma. Occupational marginalization, co-occupation, which essentially just means these are occupations we engage in along with other people next to us or in the vicinity or with us. For example, my husband and I occupy, uh, I'm sorry, engage in child rearing, cooking, eating, home management, those kinds of things as, as, a co- as co-occupations. And then the term therapeutic use of self, which I know I've mentioned multiple times, um, especially in the episode on the Enneagram. And there are plenty more definitions, but I wanted to touch on those big ones because those are definitions for OTs that have come specifically from the occupational science and the research and stuff that's come from that. So occupational science really is the backbone of OT. It underlines uh, the importance and the basis of our profession, that occupation-based, client-centered interventions should be the means and the ends at which we intervene. So I know in the very first episode of season one, I talked about occupation as a means and occupation as an end. Um, Really and truly, I love to see occupation as both a means and an end. I do see, I feel like more in this day and age, occupation as an end, especially in our kind of biomedical approach, that Western reductionistic view of medicine. So I really hope to see more occupational science being taught in the OT curricula because I think that it helps bring us back to our roots of being occupation-based and client-focused. So there was a 2017 paper by Creek that iterated the idea that OTs might be confused on our identity and unsure of how to proceed with explaining what it is that we do. And I think that that is something that a lot of OTs run into. Um, I shared a post from um, someone on social media. I can't remember now who it was. I think it was Sensational Brain. But they said, cheers to 2024. Here's to being referred to as a PT for the next year. (laughs) And that's so true, but I feel like we put ourselves in that situation because essentially we PT the upper body, and that is not what OTs were made to do. It's not what we're called to do. It's not what occupational science defines that we do. Um, There was another paper in 2016 by Christensen and Peterson that pointed out that perhaps applying the knowledge of occupational science to our practice of OT will aid in our professional realm of treatment and expertise in that field of occupation because we are occupational beings. So um, I was really happy to see that come out as a call to OTs. So I do believe that we already know this as OTs, but sometimes have difficulty articulating it. Um, especially in ways that make sense to people outside of the OT profession, like giving an elevator speech about what OT is, what our scope entails, that's no menial task. Like I have professionally run into this multiple times marketing for my business. But what I have to come back to time and time again is staying focused that, that the fact is I'm an OT 
and we are occupation driven. So healing comes from the occupation itself. And I really have worked hard on season one of kind of broadening that language so that more people can look at what OT might can do through the lens that occupation is something we occupy our time with that's meaningful to us and that really and truly healing or or disharmony really um, comes from the occupations we engage in. Not always, and obviously a lot of that is outside of our control, but we can engage in healing occupations, especially here in America, because we're quite a privileged society. I read a fantastic article that I may actually end up doing an entire podcast episode on just looking at that article because so much of what, especially me being a Western OT, has learned is through the privileged lens of I get to choose as a woman, I get to choose what I engage in day to day. And that is a massive privilege because all over the world, there are plenty of women that do not get to do that. And the paper was written from the view of patriarchal India and how it was saying that women don't, they don't get to choose what they participate in you know, most of the time over there. Um, And I can't speak from this point of view because I am neither Indian nor live over in those areas. But the article was saying how they don't even get to choose where and when they go to the bathroom. They don't get to choose where and when they, how they participate when they're on their period. For instance, they're not allowed in certain areas. They're not allowed to cook when they're on their period. Um, so it was a really interesting article, and it it opened my eyes tremendously to the fact that I can't just willy-nilly say, choose healthy occupations, because that's how you find healing. Well, sure, there is truth in that, but not all of us can choose. And that's where, again, those terms, like I mentioned before, occupational injustice, marginalization, Um, occupational deprivation, where those terms from occupational science really come into play. So that is something that I think we really, really need to think about because so much of the time we as Western practitioners think that the rest of the world follows this. And that's a really dangerous way of thinking. Um, A 2022 article regarding certified hand therapists and occupation-based interventions found that while some OTs do follow AOTA's 2025 vision of client-centered care, many do not. And they, like I said, prescribe to those more biomedical, reductionistic, allopathic approaches. And the same study looked at the definition of occupation interventions as this, and I'm quoting from the research article here, treatment that allows each client's individual interests and activities to guide the intervention process leading to greater participation and better outcomes than therapist-directed interventions. And is it that true? I mean, if you were going in to work with someone, wouldn't you want to do something that meant something to you instead of a Purdue pegboard or a shoulder arc or riding the arm bike? Those are not meaningful occupations. Do they serve a purpose? Sure. Fine motor skills, dexterity, range of motion in your shoulders, warming up the body. Yes, However, if we can use occupation as a means, not just the end product that we write in our goal that the client will achieve eight weeks down the road and we actually never get to see them if they're actually achieving it, if we can use it as 
a, a means to remain occupation based and client focused. I mean, the research article says it. The, the it's going to lead to greater participation and better outcomes than if we just choose something. So, my 2024 challenge to OTs or OT students is how can you use occupational science to validate OT as a true scientifically based contribution to the world of healthcare? How can you use this in your goals to be evidence-based as a practitioner? But most importantly, I want you to ask yourself the question of how can you use this information to remain client-focused and occupation-based? So much OT I see. I mean, I really would venture to guess probably 90% of the OT that I see and hear about here in the U.S. and have heard about in Europe and Australia is not occupation-based, and I would guess that maybe only 50 to 60% is, is really client-focused. My 2024 challenge to non-OTs listening to this, I want you to think about where you're experiencing things like occupational imbalance, occupational injustice, marginalization, or deprivation. What habits and routines if you are blessed enough and privileged enough to get the choice, can you tweak to more mindfully balance or right these injustices in the occupations you're engaging in? I just posted on social media about the importance of the occupation of leisure for our well-being, mentally, physically, and emotionally, spiritually. Um, I listed out some good books and movies to snuggle up with if you enjoy that kind of leisure and have that um, opportunity. So check those out because I listed a couple of documentaries and then a couple of fun movies and then a couple of nonfiction books and fiction books. I also put out a poll on social media about if I should continue the podcast um, and I got all yes votes. So until otherwise, <laughs> I will keep the information coming. But I did want to give you a sneak peek into season two if you've listened thus far on the podcast. I plan to try and align this season more with my schoolwork so you can kind of get a taste of what it is I'm learning since this is my last real semester um, of getting my doctorate. So because the last half of season one was a bit hard to manage. Um, I was usually a week or two late on getting out a podcast because I was taking three classes and then putting together the ideas that I had developed at the beginning of season one. Um, which didn't always fall in alignment with the classes I was taking. So in the spirit of taking my own advice, I plan to focus for at least half the year, you know, till I finish my um, doctorate with the three classes that I'm taking this semester and disseminating information from it to y'all. So the topics, the classes I'm taking are women's health and wellness, the healing power of movement for trauma, and then starting to write my big doctoral dissertation about sustainable occupations. So I think this will give us more than enough information to discuss. And I'm really looking forward to it. So here's to season two. Here's to 2024. Happy New Year. I hope this year brings all of you and everyone you love so much health and happiness. All right, guys, that's it for Integrative OT. Thanks so much for listening. I hope something resonated with you. Please share it with a friend and drop me a review on Apple Podcasts so it's easier for people to find me. Look forward to talking with you guys again soon.